Hey, I'm Rich Hunter-Rice and welcome to the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, Season 2. very warm welcome to season two episode 40 episode 40 it's um amazing so i'm blown away that we've got to episode 40 of season two of three percenters business coaching podcast and thank you big 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 thank you to everyone who has shown support has subscribed has listened has fed back and all that good stuff i am always inspired and thank you so much and it just blows me away and motivates me even more to keep making the podcast episodes better and better and better. So, episode 40. Today, we have Sam. Sam is a a contact I met randomly. We met each other randomly through LinkedIn. uh, Had a good connection and, as you will see, hit it off straight away. Really, really insightful chat. I hope you enjoy it. And, as always, I will catch you at the end. Hi, good morning, and welcome to the 3%ers Business Coaching Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, I said that, you took a big sip of tea. So would you like to introduce yourself? Tell me who you are, where you're located, and what you do, please. Good morning, Rich. Thanks a lot for having me on the podcast. Um, I'm Sam Pilling. I'm owner of Bite Me Marketing. We are a purposefully small Facebook ads agency. I am based in, and we were having a laugh about this just before jump pressing record, but I am in freezing England, <laughs> which we can't cope with because we've gone two degrees below zero. Um, and we run Facebook ads for for coaches and course creators. Amazing. So how did you get started? Oh, good question. I love these questions where you can kind of retrace those breadcrumbs and kind of see how you you got where you are. Well, um, so I've been in advertising and marketing for (coughs) 26 years. Seriously, (coughs) stop it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, obviously a very, very small child when I started. Um, and I, you know, I started in TV and got, got into digital media back when it was called new media. I don't know if you remember those days when it was this, this no, you, you're not old enough, this newfangled thing that would never take off. It was just men on porn sites and that was it. <laughs> and uh, this, is, this is what my job, my first, one of my first jobs in digital was to go around to big brands and talk to them about the internet and talk to them about social media back. This was early to, well, this was 2000, 2002, back before Facebook was even born. And talk to them about forums and um, discussion boards and um, Friends Reunited and Bebo. It was around that kind of time. And sort of worked with for some different companies worked for the first sort of like big female portal went and worked in sport and um was helping we worked in fact we used to name the nine football clubs the agency I work with we used to name the nine football clubs we didn't work with in the UK because we worked with everyone else helping them monetize the internet because they had this ready built tribe of fans so they set up their websites and had a huge amount of traffic and just went, oh, <laughs> we feel like we should be making money from this, but we don't know how to do it. Um, then when I worked at Sky for a while and it kind of got to a point um, that had a little bit of a 
<laughs> this is a long answer to your question. Sure, I can go. Had, had a bit of a midlife crisis after about 15 years or so in the industry and decided that's it. I, you know, I'd had enough of the commute into London. I'd had enough of the corporate bullshit. I decided that was it. I was going to go and do something that was creative, <laughs> that could fit around my family. So whereas most people have a midlife crisis and, I don't know, find a younger partner or go and get a motorbike or something like that, um, I decided to make cakes. Um, fast forward two years and the cake business on the surface was looking hugely successful. I was, you know, had cake in Hello Magazine and name checked in Hello Magazine was writing for magazines around the world, was um, interviewing other cake decorators around the world, was asked to fly out to Dubai to use this, like, I don't know, it was a ridiculous something, I don't even know these existed, like a seven-star hotel kitchen to make this wedding cake. And I sat down, so on the, on the surface it looked amazingly successful, but I sat down with my business coach and just said, I'm miserable, I'm absolutely miserable, I'm horrible to live with, this job that I, or this business that I created to work around my family, I'm noticeably absent for 18 months in family photos. I'm just not even there. When I was there, I'm not mentally there. Um, my husband really should have walked out on me. I would have walked out on me. I was horrible. I'm like, I'm falling into bed at three o'clock in the morning covered in icing sugar, but not in a sexy way. I, I was just like, I don't know what to do because I'm so miserable. And she said, well, what is it that you love about what you do? And I was like, well, that, that's the ironic thing. It's everything that I was doing before. It's the marketing, it's the social media, it's the PR, it's the growing the business. This is what really sets me alight. She said, well, why don't you do more of that? I was like, because I'm always bloody making cakes. So she said, well, stop bloody making cakes. So, ah. <laughs> Great advice. Great advice right there, wasn't it? That was the birth of my business that I run now. And that was, so that would have been about nine years ago, eight, nine years ago. And then I set up Bite Me Marketing, hence where the bike Bite Me comes from, the cake days. And um, just loving it and, and have fallen back in love with the industry. That's an amazing answer. The reason why I like the question is because if you follow social media, all this bullshit about the perfect life journey and I woke up and I was born and I went to university and I got a master's and I created a business as a millionaire in three minutes and I got a jet in two weeks and all this type of crap that never happens to anyone in the real world and these stories are all part of it. So I've got lots of questions. Are you ready? Thank you for okay, the compliment on the age. I think I'm probably older than you, but I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> also, I just need to check. You said a midlife crisis when you have a younger partner. Is that a definition of a midlife crisis? <laughs> I'm just thinking of that kind of like typical. Let should we move. Actually, my partner is younger than me, so I'll take that. And my morning, Kate. I think you're in a midlife crisis. Um, covered in icing sugar, the non-sexy way. Yeah. <laughs> What's the matter? Is there a sexy way to be covered in icing sugar? I've missed this. Surely there must be. There must be some kind of kink somewhere that someone does that. You spend too much time. You spend far too much time on the internet. And you're in Hello Magazine. That was cool. Yeah. So um, it, was through a, it was through a connection that I did um, a celebrity wedding, basically did a celebrity red wedding. And thankfully, my connection happened to be at the wedding, saw the journalist, and the journalist has taken the photos of the wedding cake and said, oh, by the way, I know the cake designer, if you'd like their details. And handed over my details. And next thing, I've got my wedding cake 
in Hello Magazine and name checked as well. But I can tell you something though, didn't get a single piece of business from it. I, I forget that. I want to know, you, you mentioned a celebrity's <laughs> wedding. Can we discuss who it was? We, we, well, it's, do you remember, this sounds probably a bit harsh, Emma Noble, she was yeah. married to John Major's son. It was her yeah, second yeah. marriage, Conrad, yes. Yeah. So it was, nice. it was, it was actually beautiful. I mean, just ridiculously beautiful. The kind of woman that you want to kick in the shins. She's just that beautiful and sickeningly nice as well. Just horrible. <laughs> Listen, I was in Hello Magazine. Get over yourself. I was in Hello Magazine about 1993. Yeah. Oh, what were you doing? I was with Rod Stewart. I was shaking Rod Stewart's hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I got a copy yeah. to this day? No. How did I know oh. I was in Hello Magazine? Because my mother rang me up. I was in London. And cut uh, a very long story short, it's when, uh, uh, it was when Planet Hollywood opened and the opening party. And I was working a shift at the restaurant opposite TGI Fridays. And I was the kind of person I always am. I thought I'd go and have some mischief dressed up and giving out balloons, all these celebrities out the cars and getting lots of press and positive PR for TGI Fridays, which was driving Planet Hollywood mad. But no one stopped me. And there was a picture of me shaking the hand with Roger Stewart getting out of the limo, giving the TGI Fridays balloon that was in Hello Magazine with me like that. Full glory. Who knows? Never, no idea. Bonus and TGI Friday, so that brilliant guerrilla marketing tactic. Oh, I should have done, but no, they, they, laughed. they thought it was very funny when I was in Hello Magazine, but that's as far as it went. And also, my first email address was back in 1995 on a Cyan 5 organiser. I was working for a company and we were doing CD-ROM software and I was the only one in the whole company, about 50 of us, who had an email address or access to the internet. And we had this business coming through and they wanted to interact on email and no one knew how to do it. And I, I just got this little sign organiser. It was so funny how we plugged in. My God, I'm just thinking back to how different the days are. Anyway, I could talk about this all day. We better move on. So that's how you got started. That's why you do what you do, which is really cool. So what's your biggest motivation now? Um, I suppose there's, there's kind of like, I suppose there's another kind of story in this that will make sense with the motivation. So, um, if we go back now, this is probably a really common story with a lot of people that are listening, certainly people that run their own businesses. So at the, you know, I'd been running my business for maybe about five years. And to be honest, I was a freelancer at that stage. My husband had his own business as well. So I was supporting that the kids were young. So I, I hadn't really got any intentions of sort of growing it. it. It was an income stream for me. Hit the beginning of COVID and, of course, lost all of my clients within a space of about two weeks. Quite often with companies, when you're looking, when you're facing uncertainty, the first thing they'll do is cut marketing budgets. So I sat there and I thought, OK, we are we're a lean family in terms of not physically, <laughs> but lean in terms of economically. We're both business owners there wasn't a huge amount of cash coming into the family. We were already running lean. There wasn't a huge amount that we could cut. So I was like, okay, I don't have a choice. I can sit and rock in this corner of the room, but that's not going to pay our mortgage. It's not going to pay our bills. So I can't do that one. So I've got two choices. I can go and get a job. Probably not the best time to go and get the job at the beginning of a pandemic. Or I can rebuild the business. So I thought, okay, well, let's, let's look at getting a job. So I contacted one of my friends who's very, very senior marketer at Coca-Cola and said, please, can you help me? I've not needed a CV for about 10 years. Can you help me? I don't even know how to write a CV now. So she was, you know, when you just need someone who's brutally honest with you. 
and she was fantastic and we ripped my CV to part parts and we kind of put together this but I have the most amazing CV in the world and it's never seen the light of day because it took us three weeks to finish it I was just ready to send it out and I just thought what I want to do this I want to rebuild the business so Covid itself, and you know, if we if we park the personal tragedies and the losses that everyone's had, so obviously I'm not talking about that. But in terms of business, it's been the best thing inside my business ever to happen because it was then it was a circuit break. It was like, okay, right, I'm going to rebuild this. What do I want to build? Who do I want to work with? How do I want to work with them? And what kind of service levels would I want if I was one of my clients? And I didn't have an existing client, so I didn't have to go and talk to them about new packages or new prices or anything that we're doing. Okay, okay, right, we've got a clean slate here. Let's just go for it. And because of that, the business then has, you know, it just um, has really thrived since. And it's challenging at the moment, don't get me wrong, but it's really thrived since. And I think, so going back to your question of kind of what motivates me, of course, I, I can say, you know, my children and my husband and of course, you know, <laughs> business. But the truth is being like the captain of my own ship, being mm. in charge of my own destiny is is what drives me, is what gets me up absolutely every single morning with a smile on my face. Um, and I love what I, you know, I absolutely love what I do. So I'm sorry. Sorry, kids. You're not my motivation. Yeah. And the husband. <laughs> my God, is getting this today badly. Um, I also <laughs> think your story sounds quite similar to me. And I think you get to a point where actually you're not employable anyway. And you get, you get a bit too, you get a bit too long in the tooth. And I can remember having some dreadful bosses and it was really pissing me off when they're trying to tell me how to sell and they're not salespeople. And it's like, you know, we used to have a weekly sale, oh, we used to have a monthly sales meeting, it wasn't called a sales meeting. And we'd have this little bald prick stand in the <laughs> corner and no matter how much you'd done, it wasn't enough. What do you mean you've hit target by 110%? I want 150% and stuff. And you're like, for fuck's sake, I can't take this anymore. You don't even know what you're talking about. I can't respect you. And that's partly why Minerva Growth got started seven years ago nearly, because you just think if I don't do it, I can't ever work for anyone. No. <laughs> I just don't think anyone would want to employ me now. <laughs> oh, you'd be a nightmare to employ. I'm trying to be polite here. But I, you know, we've, we've had a conversation, a quick conversation before this, and you just know you'd be an absolute freaking nightmare. You'd turn up where you want to. You'd be sliding off when you want to. You'd be doing whatever you want to in the meantime. So, you know, it's all good fun. Okay, great answer, though. What does entrepreneurship mean to you? I think I think it kind of I've just actually answered it in terms of um, mm. what it means to me is being that driver of your own destiny of, you know, when you're when you're an entrepreneur, you can't have coasting days. You can't have, you know, when you're employed, employed, let's all be honest, when you were employed, there were days when you looked like you were busy, but you weren't really busy. Sorry, days, weeks, <laughs> months, whatever, you know, you coasted underneath, you made sure you were under the radar, you were hitting your targets not too much over so they didn't put your targets on up again next year or you know you your KPIs etc for me entrepreneurship um it releases you to you know I'm not suggesting you you're firing on every you know on all cylinders every day and I do think you have to watch your own energy levels and you have to be far more careful about those things 
But if I have a coasting day, I've got to work twice as hard tomorrow. If I, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of alluded to, it has got a little bit quieter recently. I think there is nervousness about the recession and we're okay you know we're okay I've actually just grown the team I've just taken on two staff members and we're fine but it's we're not following the same trends as previous years but actually the entrepreneur in us gets excited about these opportunities and goes okay right this is a challenge how am I going to do things differently how am I how am I going to lean into what makes us unique or what makes us different and you're not given that freedom when you're employed you're only given that really you're not given that freedom when you're employed you're only given that freedom with entrepreneurship and the buck stops with you whether that's good or bad great answer again i love it it's absolutely spot on i always think in times like this with recession the words being bound around all the time i haven't been in the uk since the middle of october so it feels quite foreign to me but um it's the time when people cut back as you say it's the first thing people look at they strip out their peer now is marketing actually you should be doubling the bloody thing because how the hell are you going to cut off, you know, your reach into the world and your your lead generation stuff going in by, re- by re- yeah, how are you going to increase stuff by, re- by reducing marketing? It's absolutely crazy. It's suicidal. You watch the big brands, they're increasing their marketing spend at the moment. Absolutely. And actually, and it, I don't think it will be the same as, again, unless we hit another global pandemic, but... When we were going through the pandemic, I was saying to people, and I wish I was shouting, you know, when you kind of look back and think, I was saying this, but I wasn't saying it loud enough. I was saying to people, this is the cheapest advertising is ever going to be. Wasn't it just? Just, And, you know, we had this massive excess of supply because people were locked inside. They were turning to social media to connect with people. Um, Italy increased their Facebook and Instagram usage by 60%. That's not a new brand that's like a growing challenger brand. That's already an established platform and it grew that much. And then on the flip side, you've got all these companies that are pulling their marketing budgets. So this massive increase in, in supply, massive drop in demand, the prices dropped. I mean, I had clients that we were we were seeing just ridiculous return on investments during covid 22x 23x return investment these are coaching clients um who are now okay they're still still not shoddy it's about 5.8 to 6x return investment they're getting at the moment but if you look at kind of comparatively what were they making then to now i'm saying to people okay i don't think it's going to be as extreme but now is the time to be thinking about advertising because we're going to see a drop in the prices. We're likely to see a drop in the prices. It's not happening just yet because we're off the back of Black Friday and we're in Christmas. But just watch this space. It, I would be seriously thinking about if you've got programs that you're thinking of promoting, seriously think about kicking them in around about Christmas time because I think the prices will drop. But anyway. Great advice. advice. No, no, take that. That's great. So what does the perfect day look like for you? Um, so just start it off with not seeing the kids. Not having the husband. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do love my family, by the way. However, let me just put some, let me just put some context here. I have a 10, 12 and a 15 year old, three sons who, to be honest, don't want to spend any time with me. As long as it's got a screen and a plug on it, that's all they want to do. So when I joke about my sons, it's actually <laughs> they're actually always in their cave. Um, what would my ideal day look like? Um God, does this sound awful, but am I allowed to be at work on my ideal day? Because I really It's up to you. It's your day, not mine. <laughs> I do. Okay, so 
Um, I suppose the thing I love most about what I do in the business and that, you know, ultimately people come to us because they want their meta ads. So Facebook, Instagram, audience network, that's what they come to us for. Um, but really the bit that I absolutely love doing with my clients or with people who aren't our clients, but, you know, with, with sort of like starting to have a conversation is we'll have strategy calls and we will unpick and we will unravel what their zone of genius is and put it into like cohesive threads of what they do and who they help and how they make a different difference in this world. And you can probably see it in my body, kind of like my energy. I get into these meetings with people and they'll tell me, this is a wonderful thing about what I do. Sorry, Rich, I, you know, my brain will visit. I feel like I'm the Robin to my clients of the Batman. So my clients are out there. I've got clients that are saving lives through what they do for the coaching they do. I've got clients that are helping people set up businesses and have financial freedom for the first time in their lives, whatever that means, whatever's holding them back at the moment. I've got clients, coaches who help people with trauma. So they're releasing childhood trauma that's holding them back from growing their businesses in the way they could do. And the wonderful thing is, all of my clients are, are these mavericks and mavens and change makers in the world. And I get to support them. So I get to wear a cloak as well <laughs> without having to kind of save lives or anything like that. So when I get the chance to sit and talk to these clients, and it's interesting, so many of them, I mean, quite a few, my clients tend to be established. By the time you get to running Facebook ads, you kind of know who you're working with and you know what you're you know, you've already got a coaching business you tend not to be a startup um but when you're in the jar you can't read the label and quite often they'll tell me what they do and what they deliver but they won't actually t they won't convey it in a way that it tells the benefit so they'll tell me exactly what they're going to deliver in that challenge or in that webinar I'm like yeah that, that's great but what is the person going to be able to achieve if they come along what will they know what will they be able to do and we kind of unravel that and we then come out with these amazing hooks, titles for challenges, um, angles. My client, I've got one client that um, we've been working together about six months now. Through working together, he's now worked out exactly who his niche is. And you can see he's now on, well, his business is on fire. He's just had his best business, his best year of business anyway. But he's now so comfortable with who he works with. He knows exactly who he, he's that he's helping, and it, it you can just see it in their energy and you know how they lean into their own businesses. So I'm sorry, so that was a really waffled. No, answer. no, it's a great answer. You, you're dropping loads of great gold here. So I was laughing when oh. you were saying it because it's very similar conversations I have with the audience I work with, and when you often ask a coach is who they help and what do they do, fifteen minutes later I still haven't got a clue what the hell they're on about. And nor have they, and they've got off into so many tangents. I'm so confused, and they wonder why they're not doing very well. So it's one of the first things that we tackle in my in my basic program because it's quite funny because they can't speak in the language of their audience. They speak in coach bullshit. A lot of it can be jargon and the, all this terminology that no one else gives a freaking clue about, as a cares about, as a clue about. So it's it's a big service out there. Okay, so working, we get we get you working. Is there a favourite day of the week? Um, some people do some people don't since I've been out here I don't have a clue what day of the week it is I have to look on my clock oh yeah it's Thursday brilliant keep going 
So I do a lot of my client, well, I would probably say it would be a Wednesday or a Thursday, only in that I do a lot of my, so with all of our clients, we have a one-on-one strategy meeting every week. And I try to do those Monday and Tuesday. And I love those. I do really enjoy those. But the ones where we kind of really get our teeth into the business, I tend to kind of keep for a Wednesday and Thursday. So it would probably be a Wednesday or a Thursday. Um, I have a session, actually. So let's say it's call it a Thursday. I'm going to have maybe two or three sessions like that with new clients, I'll say. So when you're really getting your teeth into their business. I also, on a Thursday, have... Um, I'm a huge believer in being coached myself. So I invest a lot of money in my own coaching and um, for the business. So I'm in a mastermind. I have a coach through that. I have several coaches through that. And then I also outside of that have a one-to-one coach as well, who's been working with me for about two and a half, three years. And I have a session with him every Thursday. And um, so I would have one of those sessions because what's wonderful about him is he absolutely calls me out on my bullshit. And it's what I pay him for. And he doesn't mince words. He'll just completely pull, you know, and I come out thinking like I've been battered, (laughs) but in a really good way. But you need grounding. You need grounding and calling out on it to keep you where you are, keep you real. We're our own worst enemies, aren't we? We're what slows us down. So um, I'll have a session with him. Um, I don't know if it's my ideal day. Maybe I'll take my mum out for lunch. Have a nice little lunch locally, nothing too flash. And then in the evening, assuming my kids want to spend some time with me. <laughs> here we go, kids. I'm really sorry. I'm trying, I'm trying for you. We'd go and do some kind of like um some kind of experience, like a secret cinema experience or something like that. Ooh, nice, I like that. That's cool. It's a good answer. Okay. What has been the single best bit of advice you've ever received? Ah, yes, I can tell you what this is. This comes from, it's actually, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's Nick James's business coach. I don't know if you know Nick James, he's the owner of Expert Empires and he's in the mastermind that I'm in. And I'm going to have to make sure I get it right. It's never as good as it looks from the outside. It's never as bad as it feels from the inside. Love that because when you're in it, you just you just feel like it's so. And I just you know there are times in your business where it feels like you're wading through treacle, and it's so difficult, and everything feels like such hard work. But then from the outside, a bit like my cake business, from the outside, it looks hugely successful. So I love I love that piece of advice, and it's something that I I remember and I tell myself off when I'm feeling a bit down I go, yeah. come on I've never heard that before that's spot on I like that okay so you win 10 million pounds tomorrow what are you gonna do <laughs> oh god pop luncher extra gin tonic do you know I have this conversation with my 10 year old a lot because he loves these kind of hypothetical what would you do so him and I have actually we've already decided what we would do so the first thing we would do is we would not tell anyone. Not yet. We reckon it will probably come out at some point, but we're not going to tell anyone. The first thing we we're going to do is we're going to book a holiday. We're going to go on safari. And we're going to go and see. He's got a massive thing about, about lions. He's got about seven or eight toy lions. And I have to control him from buying any more. Um, and so we would go, go and see lions in real life. And then we would plan what we would do with our cash when we're out there. 
So well, I think some of it would go to friends and family. Some of it would go to a house. Some of it, and, and I don't want to kind of like um, sort of virtue signal for the sake of virtues, you know, I don't want to be that person. But um, he is massively impacted by homeless people, always has been since he was like a toddler. Um, and you know, it literally is, we'll, we'll go into London. And it's interesting, I can't remember, I was listening to someone's, it might have been Stephen Bartlett's podcast, and someone was talking about their son that from a young age was really kind of obsessed with making sure, you know, had to go and make sure he helped. I don't know whether it's physical level because they're lower down and, and they physically see homeless people and also I th probably think is we almost get a little bit dumbed down a little bit blind to it as well as we become adults um but I think we would do something I think he would want to do something with the money um to help whether that is we go and find like a person and sponsor them and kind of take them off the streets or whether we kind of gave to a charity or set a charity up but I know that I know that if I, if I wanted 10 million pounds, he would know in an instance and that was it. He would be planning it for me. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a great answer. And again, I think you're absolutely right, though. I think we get we get a bit hardened to it where kids look at it and think it's wrong. You know, how can that happen? And he's wrong in this day and age. It, it's so wrong. I saw a story. Yes, I don't want to start talking politics, but I will talk a little bit of politics, how stupid politicians are that we're trying to house these Ukrainian families were coming over and we've been paying £350 a month for people to house them for six months. And now guess what's happening? The six months has come to the end. They've all been kicked out. It's like, has no one thought what's going to happen with this? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And this, oh, don't even start me off. It's just very sad how we look at Do things so insular. My 15-year-old and I had a, a drop to much school this morning. And um, we'd had this conversation a little while ago about TikTok and he decided he was deleting TikTok. Long, much longer story. And I just said to him this morning, did you delete TikTok? And he was like, yeah, I'm not on it anymore. And I said to him, I think I'm going to delete it as well because the algorithm is just feeding me so many of these stories that are upsetting me. I know I feel I should be informed in this world, but at the same time, I'm on TikTok for half an hour and I come off feeling so down and... <laughs> <laughs> like the world has turned to shit and our country's turned to shit. I think I'm going to delete it. I think I'm off. I shouldn't say that as a social media marketer, should I? I like it as a platform, but yeah. I, I have to go cold turkey. So I've got all my kids onto TikTok. I'm very proud of being a 51-year-old male, obviously. Hopefully it was obvious. And um, none of my kids are on TikTok. So I've got them all on TikTok and they're all hooked. But then so was I. But then coming here... Something happened and I couldn't get onto TikTok at all. And then I literally a month later, I deleted it and reinstalled it. I found I've got TikTok again, but I just don't enjoy it anywhere like as much. Everything the same as what you're saying. It's just not the same. And I don't enjoy it. I don't spend a lot of time on Instagram anymore because there's so much bullshit on there. I see my friends and contacts and people I know. That's all I look at. And Facebook, you know what? I'm on Facebook all day long, but I'm not on Facebook all day long. As in, there's so much bullshit on there. And I just try and keep myself detached from it because you can just consume your whole day and get nothing done. Great answers, as always. So we're jumping years and years and years into the future. If you could remember, for one thing, how would you like to be remembered? Wow, that is such a good question. Okay. I like to make you think. 
God, do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to sound very kind of vacuous and shallow, I think, because... Brilliant. I love it. Keep going uh, already. Because, I, you know, I'm sure I've heard, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and you've got amazing guests in the past that are just the most wonderful coaches that are changing lives, saving lives. Um, I just would like to be remembered for being a really decent person. No bigger. I think I think it does come back to this, um, and and there must be some kind of, you know, psychologists that are listening. There's got to be something in my past that means this. That's some kind of, I don't know, visibility or something like that. But I love the fact in what I do, I'm facilitating other people, multiple other people, to be change makers in the world. And yet I get to be, I sound almost like some dark, evil puppet master in the background. Not at all. Um, but, you know, I'm just, you know, we help multiple people, multiple coaches amplify their impact out in this world. Um, and I hugely respect them. I think they're amazing. And I love working with, this is why I work with coaches. I absolutely love working with them. Um, I don't want to be one of those coaches. I love being that facilitator behind the scenes. So for me, it's not about leaving a legacy in the same way that, you know, I'm sure when you ask this question to your other, co you know, your other clients, they're, they're having huge impact in this world. I want to be the one behind the scene that actually is the decent person that does what they say they're going to do, that always turned up, always with a smile on their face and just helped others and it's kind of that ripple effect, but absolutely, it is. A, it's a ripple effect, hundred percent. You are making, you are having an impact, but you won't get known for it. Because only the coaches that you're working with will know. Because you're making the ripple for them, and the ripple gets bigger and bigger all the way through. So that's a, that's a great answer. I'll take that. Okay. Just so you don't think it's going to get easier. So flip back to when you're 18. What's the what's that's the one bit of advice you'd give yourself at 18 if you had the chance? Well, I'd take a list of boyfriends not to go anywhere near. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sorry was there a few <laughs> there were a few in my past that should we say was it my mum always says you've got to kiss a few frogs before you meet prince give me a list um, i'll invite them on future episodes as guests it'd be a great story oh yeah it would be it would be like usual suspects some kind of lineup of uh um again this is probably going to be a bit controversial i would not give myself any advice i wouldn't give myself any advice at all and that's not because I've led a perfect life or there haven't been road bumps because there have been some really big road bumps along the way. I've lost, you know, I lost my brother. Um, he died of a sudden heart attack at the age of 42. So, um, but I still wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Of course, I'd love to have my brother still, but I wouldn't change anything because kind of like, as I said at the beginning, it's a bit like the breadcrumbs that lead us to where we are now and that butterfly effect that if you if I changed um it's also making me think of um is it Midnight Midnight Library the book I don't know if you've ever read that it's about going in this woman on sorry I'm going off on a tangent but I will come back this woman who's just about to commit suicide and she's taken to this Midnight Library and in the library are all the books of all the different lives she could have led if she'd have made slightly different decisions and she opens some of the books and she looks at a different life I I I really enjoyed the book. Um, it's a bit of a Marmite book. Some people love it, some people hate it. But I really, really enjoyed the book. And I just feel like her in the in the Midnight Library in terms of, I'm actually really happy where I am. 
and I have got aspirations and I've got I am I am ambitious and I do want to take my business um I do want to grow I want to work with more people I want to do more um but if I change anything in my past it, it might not lead me to where I am now and I do have you know I said to you I am happily married of course there's row bumps of course we argue of course we don't like each other every now and again but I've got a good man I've got like a good man beside me we're shoulder to shoulder we've got each other's backs we're you know we're rocks for each other we can have a little bicker and then we'll just you know go I'm sorry I was being a dickhead I'm really sorry and then we'll get over it I've got three kids who can be utter shit bags but you know let's hope they don't become serial killers older um <laughs> we'll see you can rewind this and tell me yeah. wrong. episode 30 episode 40 yeah. season two you've heard it first yeah yeah, so yeah, there you go. Ooh, yeah, did she say they were always playing their PlayStation? Yeah, she knew about that, it. <laughs> that's why they're now serial killers. Um, no, I wasn't. I wouldn't give myself any advice because I had to make. You know, we all know that the mistakes are where we learn. And if I hadn't have made those mistakes, then I wouldn't be where I am now. And the mistakes in my business and the mistakes in my life are the the things I look back on and go, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a great answer that's a great answer i like that no one's uh, i think one person in about 55 episodes has said something similar but obviously different but they wouldn't everyone else is giving advice and it's normally quite samey so i've got that's really cool and it makes a lot of sense yeah i like it okay <laughs> one last question and you are free what's what's uh what's a book you've read the most or a book that's impacted most on your life oh um, can I have two? Can I have three? No. Can I have yeah, two? Sure. You can have two. <laughs> right, I'm gonna have two. It's right, island discs, you know. Seriously, no. I read so many books, so it's really difficult. Well, I actually, I listen. I listen to loads of books. I don't actually sit and read. I I dog walk. I I can't stand radio. It just witters. So I always listen to podcasts. So I'm sorry. I don't like the news. Um, so two books. Two books two books and I'm, they're going to be books I've had an impact in my business because I'm sorry I'm a business book nerd I absolutely love a business book so the first one is actually the first business self-help book that I ever read and it was when I was working in digital media back when it was new media and it was the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey and I applied what I learned in the book and I went from being I was part of a sale an ad sales team at the time there were four five of us on the ad sales team and I went from being a me salesperson to bringing in 60% of the company's revenue by following the advice in the book and it's good old-fashioned solid honest no hacks no shortcuts advice so that would be my first one and my second one is psycho-cybernetics which and I can't remember the author and I normally have the book kicking around but it's normally actually within reach of my desk, but I've obviously read it and put it somewhere else. Um, what I love about psychocybernetics is, so again, this is probably going to be a bit controversial. There will be people listening that are big fans of law of attraction and secret and, you know, manifesting, etc. Um, and I work with clients who are. I find it troubling. I find it troubling how I see it being taught in that it's a very passive not everybody, sweeping generalisation, but I have seen a lot of people teach it very passively. So you put out to the universe and the universe will deliver. And if the universe doesn't deliver, well, you did it wrong because you got your energy wrong. And there's no action in it. Whereas what psycho-cybernetics does 
is it takes very similar principles, but it says, okay, set your intentions, be really clear on what you want to achieve, and then just relax and let your subconscious find a solution and then take action. So it's not about waiting for stuff to be delivered to you, but it's about allowing your subconscious to open itself up to opportunity, to spot opportunity, to have those, oh God, it just brings me to another book as well, which the luck factor. No, oh, three or third, no, nearly broke the rules. I'm going to edit totally that broke. out. <laughs> Keep talking, la, 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 it's gone. But it just, it, it just means that your brain is then looking subconsciously to have conversations, yeah, yeah, to yeah. just to ask questions, to spot opportunities, and just to trust that actually your brain is very, very powerful and it will find the solutions. And it kind of takes away that, you know, when you're maybe when you're looking for clients or you're looking to grow your business and that sense of de desperation is really obvious. As soon as you need quiet clients, that comes across. We all know when you've seen someone that needs clients. Psychocybernetics takes that away and it just allows you to go, OK, well, I'd like some clients. My brain will go away and it will work out what I need to do. And in the meantime, I'm just going to spot some opportunities. I'm going to have some conversations. I'm going to make myself visible. I'm going to be in the right places. I'm going to say yes to going to that meeting or yes to having that conversation or that virtual coffee. And I mean, the book goes into much, much more detail and it's far more scientific than I've made it. But it is something that I do. There's a couple of chapters in it that I will just go back and I'll listen to them on a dog walk again. You know, when business is feeling a little bit quieter, like it is at the moment, I'll listen to a couple of the chapters again. And I'll go, it's OK. It's all right, because I'll have a chat with Rich and Rich will go, do you want to come to my podcast? And I'll say yes. And who knows? You know, I might from this end up meeting someone that wants help. They yeah, might not. Of course. I might end up being connected with someone who I can help their business. You just don't know. Yeah. So, cybernetics and the secret, seven, secret, uh, seven habits of highly successful people. Stephen Covey. I've never heard the cyber cybernetics, but I will check that. It sounds a bit NLP-ish. And you are right, is that sometimes this kind of stuff can be sold really badly and bullshitty. Whereas the NLP side of it, you know that you can tell I've done my practitioner exam recently. 95% of the of the information you take in is unconsciously. And you can make that work if you understand how to tap into it. But obviously you've got to turn up and do the work yourself. You can't just sit in yeah. bed all day thinking, this is going to happen. You're talking, because absolutely not at all. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. That's amazing. Spot on. So what are the kind of coaches you're looking for? How can we help you from the audience point of view? Who can you help the uh, best? Okay, so the coaches we work best with tend to be, when I say established, I mean they've already got a revenue stream coming into the business. Because... We help them with Facebook advertising and Facebook advertising is fantastic at amplifying. So if you've if you've already got a business, we can amplify that. If you've got a crap offer and no one's interested in what you do, we can also amplify that. <laughs> so it tends to be coaches that are maybe um, I mean, they don't don't kind of they don't have to be a year, two years into their business, but they've certainly already started generating some revenue. They've probably exhausted their, their networks, their organic networks, and um, they then want to kind of amplify and get in front of in front of new people. The actual type of coaches that we work best with, the ones that I've seen the best results for, 
tend to be business owners that take their experience in that business niche and then apply it to coaching other people to launch businesses in that niche. So, you know, we've got a couple of clients who are property educators. We've got clients that I've got a client in America who's got a seven figure pet sitting business and she teaches people how to set up pet sitting businesses. So they, it's those kind of coaches where we can really have an impact really. And it doesn't have to be perfect. We can help them, you know, polish, but, um, that they already know there's a demand for what they have. There's a, there's a horrible quote that comes to mind. You can't polish a turd. <laughs> yeah, but you can put glitter on it. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. You've you it there first. Amazing. So, anyone want to reach out and connect with you? What's the best way of doing so? What's the best way of getting in contact? Yeah, so you can get in contact with me through LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Yeah, so get in front of contact with me on LinkedIn or through Facebook. Um, they're, the, they're the two best places. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for joining me today. Entertaining me no end. It's been very good. <laughs> Are you off to sprinkle some glitter? <laughs> uh, I've got one more meeting in 12 minutes and I'm going off to drink a beer. How's that? <laughs> end of my perfect. day. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Absolutely. Uh, great, great session with Sam. And, you know, I hope it's inspired you to reach out, find out more about the amazing work that they do uh, and connect with her. And when you do, of course, please let them know you come across. You heard it on this uh, podcast. Amazing. So we've got one day remaining of the 12 days of Christmas and dropping out a podcast episode every day. So tomorrow, join me Friday the 23rd. I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for joining me for this latest episode of the Three Percenters Business Coaching Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. So if you've got any feedback, you hunt any further information, or you know some amazing people we need to be talking to, please get in contact. Simply drop us an email to info at minervagrowth.co.uk. Have an amazing day. Mm-hmm.